after it this morning. We are in week two of a five-week series looking at kings of the Old Testament. And when we think of kings of the Old Testament, we probably start with David. David was the the most famous uh, of the kings. Uh, Maybe you think about Solomon, who we studied last week. During Solomon's reign, uh, Israel had the greatest territory uh, accumulated in their history. They acquired the most wealth during their history. And last week as we studied Solomon, if you were to try to give a tag phrase to the reign of Solomon, I would say it's as good as it's going to get for God's people at that point in time. As you look at the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, the reign of Solomon is kind of the peak. It's kind of the pinnacle. It's as good as it gets. It's all downhill from there. And so we're going to look this morning at a king about a hundred years after the reign of Solomon. His name was Joash, and it's a much different world in 830 B.C. compared to 930 B.C. when Solomon's reign concluded. See, during the time that followed the reign of Solomon, there was a division of the kingdom And you have the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, and you've got the southern kingdom, the the two tribes of the south. And there's a lot of bickering and there's a lot of fighting and almost all of the kings of Israel, the north, are, are bad. And you may say, well, that's not very nice to call a king bad. I didn't say it. God's word said it. And here's how they usually said it. They didn't say they were bad. They said they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so evil's really worse than bad, isn't it? It's not, it's not good at all. In the southern kingdom of Judah, again, a lot of bad kings, a lot of evil kings. But there are some good kings that are mixed in between there. And we're going to look this morning at, at an account that, that really is almost motion picture-esque. It's almost novel-esque. You're going to read it. I'm going to fill in some gaps, and it's almost too good to be true. It almost seems to be something that you would expect on the Hollywood screen. But understand the context. It's bad times for God's people. And it's not bad times because God decided that he just got tired of being their God. No, the people and the leaders of Israel and the leaders of Judah decided that they were tired of following the law. The book of Moses. The law that was set up before them. And all of this account today of King Joash, if there was one thing that I want you to walk away with, and this will connect for many of us, here it is, finishing well is not as easy as it would seem. Finishing well is not as easy as it would seem. See, for many of us that are my age or younger, And we've got kids, and we're thinking about college, and we're thinking about mortgage payments, and buying a car, and and this and that and the other. For many of us, we think, I can't wait till we get the kids out of the house and through college, and their their lives are set up. That's when life's really going to get good. That's when I'm really going to be able to lock into the faith. That's when I'm really going to be able to to, to make a, a commitment to the Lord. Because the, the, the things that are, are burdening me now will, will not be there anymore. But the reality is finishing well is not as easy as it would seem. I could share a laundry list of people that I have encountered in my lifetime 
that when they were in their 20s or 30s or 40s, they were on fire for Jesus Christ. They were difference makers for the kingdom. And they are now seasoned citizens, and the faith is just a very, very small part of their life. They've, they've faded spiritually for whatever reason. Every story has a different story. Finishing well is not as easy as it would seem. So let's dive in together. If you have a Bible, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 22. You probably haven't turned to 2 Chronicles in quite some time, would be my guess. It's following the Samuels and the Kings, and you get to the Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 22. And part one of this message is simply this. Joash finds himself on the throne only because of the intervention of others. Joash finds himself on the throne only because of the intervention of others. And, and two names I need to, to throw out to you this morning. One is Athaliah. The other is Ahaziah. Ahaziah is king of Judah. He's going to reign for one year. His mother is Athaliah. She's actually going to end up reigning because of the circumstances that happen. Long story short, Ahaziah becomes king. He does evil in the eyes of the Lord. He tries to make a pact with the king of Israel. They go to attack a foreign king. In the process, he is killed. And so his mother does what any loving mother would do. She proceeds to kill everyone in sight. Let's read God's word together. 2 Chronicles chapter 22, beginning with verse 10. It says, When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family of the house of Judah. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered, and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Because Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, and the wife of the priest Jehoiada, was Ahaziah's sister, she hid the child from Athaliah, so she could not kill him. He remained hidden with them at the temple of God, catch this, for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. And you're probably thinking that your Bible, there's a mistake in there. This can't really be in the Bible. Did this really play out? Yes, it really played out. Athaliah saw her son was dead and decided it was her time to rule the land. And she started killing everyone. But through the courage and the love of two people, Jehoshaphat and Jehoiada, husband and wife, Joash avoids what I'm going to call death by grandmother. Now, you've probably never heard of that before, but that's exactly what would have played out here. Joash would have been the final part of the royal line to be killed. And because of the wonderful love of Jehoiada the priest and Jehoshaphat, Joash is able to be hidden away for six years in a bedroom in the temple. And just think about that for a moment. Six years. That's a long time to hide a baby, a, a growing baby, a baby that cries at night, a baby that needs to exercise. But for six years, there is this covert operation to hide the baby Joash, who becomes the young boy Joash, from his evil, awful grandmother as she reigns. And the key people in this mix aren't even Joash, who will become the boy king. It's Jehoiada the priest 
and Jehoshaphat. They are committed to making sure that nothing happens to this final, final piece of, of the lineage of David. See, we don't connect those dots very often, but, you, you know, if you were to read the uh, chronology that Matthew puts together, in Matthew chapter 1, the line from David to Jesus, it's about to be interrupted right here if evil grandmother gets her way. But God's anointed, Jehoiada and Jehoshaphat, step in and make sure that that doesn't happen. Let's read on. Jump over to chapter 23, and I'm going to read verse 1, and then I'm going to read verse 11, and then we'll look at verses 12 and 13. It says, in the seventh year, Jehoiada showed his strength. And I'm not going to read verses 2 through 10, but here's what happened. Jehoiada the priest gathers all the Levites, all the leaders of the temple worship, and he does kind of a crazy thing. He gives them weapons. And he says, go to the temple and guard the the prince who will become the king. Guard him. Make sure nothing happens. And if Athalia or any of her thugs come, kill them. Don't negotiate. Don't try to have a powwow. If they come after Joash, kill them dead right then and there. Jump all the way to verse 11. Verse 11, it says, Jehoiada and his sons brought out the king's son. They put the crown on his head. They presented him with a copy of the covenant and proclaimed him king. They anointed him and shouted, long live the king. Verse 12, we're reading on. When Athaliah, evil grandmother leader, heard the noise of the people running and cheering the king, she went to them at the temple of the Lord. She looked and there was the king standing by his pillar at the entrance. He's seven years old. The officers and the trumpeteers were beside the king, and all the people of the land were rejoicing. They were blowing their trumpets, and and singers with musical instruments were leading the praises. And then Athalia, evil grandmother, she knows what's coming. She tore her robes, and she shouted, treason, treason. Now, I laughed out loud when I read that the first time. The evil grandmother who thought she wiped out everyone is worried about treason. That's almost comical to me. But that's exactly how it played out. And Joash, seven years of age, is about to become king. And Athalia is about to be all done. She was taken by these Levites to to the gate of the city, the horse gate, and she is put to death. And so there's a life lesson in here for us, and here it is. So many of us are blessed by the decisions and the influence of others. We need to take time and be thankful. I want to take a time out from this sermon right now, and if you are 10 or 20 or 80, I want you to think right now of one person that was older than you at some time in your life that helped you arrive at where you're at spiritually. Maybe it was a preacher, maybe it was a Sunday school teacher, maybe it was a youth minister, maybe it was an elder, maybe it was a father, maybe it was a mother, maybe it was a son, maybe it was a daughter. Just think about that person right now. Someone that helped you get to where you are today. And I challenge you this week, if they're still living, communicate to them your thankfulness for them. And if they're not in your own special way, praise God for the difference they made in your life. We need to be thankful for the difference people have made in our life when they've been our mentors, when they've been our influencers. Part one, Joash ascends to the throne 
only because of outside influences. Part two is this. Joash makes the most of his opportunity. He starts strong. Last week I told you that I read through the books of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, and it's depressing because so many of the kings do evil in the eyes of the Lord, and they have this great opportunity to lead, and they mess it up. This is one of the good ones, at least starting off. Joash makes the most of the opportunity that is in front of him. See, drawing on the wisdom of his mentor, his mentor is Jehoiada the priest, much older than him, much wiser than him. Joash undertakes the daunting task of rebuilding the temple. That's going to be his legacy, and he is able to succeed. 2 Chronicles 24, look at verse 1. It says, Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother's name was Zibedah, and she was from Beersheba. Verse 2, get this. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years of Jehoiada the priest. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but then we've got this little tag phrase from the chronicler. All the years of Jehoiada the priest. So what did he do? Chapter 24 tells us that he repaired and he restored the temple of the Lord after decades of decline and abuse. And you may be wondering what kind of uh, abuse was taking place. What kind of decline was taking place? Well, physically, the temple was really in decay. Just about 135, 140 years after Solomon built it. And so there was much work to be done to the physical structure itself. But more than that, the temple had been perverted by Baal worship. In chapter 24, we won't read it today, maybe you want to read it this afternoon, we learn that during some of the evil reigns preceding Joash, people would come in with instructions from those in charge and they would take the articles of worship and they would take it out and they would use it to sacrifice to Baal or to worship at the Asherah pole. It was a real mess. It really broke the heart of God. And Joash, who would reign for 40 years from the time he was 7 to the time he was 47, he made a difference. He said, this stops now. He says, we're going to rebuild the temple. He reinstituted the tax of Moses that started when they were wandering through the wilderness. And in chapter 24, we find that when the chest was full, it would be emptied, and they would put it back out again and start to raise offerings again. And every time there was money, they would go and they would restore the temple. They would repair the temple. Great things were happening because of the actions of Joash. But when we read 2 Chronicles 22, 23, 24, we find out that that's because of the influence of Joash's mentor, Jehoiada, the priest. And see, here's your life lesson for this. The sky is the limit when we trust the Lord completely and we follow the wisdom and the advice of our spiritual mentors. I, I am so thankful for the spiritual mentors the Lord has put in my life. I'm so thankful for the times that I, I spend with a, a giant of the faith like Bob Phillips, who's with us today, or Kent Hickerson. Or Lynn Laughlin. I mean, my list could go on and on. Don Green. People that have, have had a lot of experience doing ministry through the years. 
and are there to, to pat me on the back and are there sometimes to slow me down and are there to say, have you thought about this? Have you considered that? Joash makes the most of his opportunity because of the influence of Jehoiada the priest. Well, I wish I could stop right here. This would be a great sermon. We could say amen. We could watch the baptism and we get out of church five minutes early. But we can't do that because God's word doesn't stop here. There is, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. And part three is this. Joash veers off the path of the Lord and he finishes poorly. Scripture tells us that Jehoiada lived 130 years. That's a long time. And he was a great influence on Joash the king. But he dies, and we read the rest of the story, and it's pretty discouraging. Because after the death of his mentor, Joash loses his spiritual bearings. You think, how is that possible? How could Joash, knowing his story, all that he has been through, how could he lose his spiritual bearings? Well, he does. Jump all the way down to verse 17 of 2 Chronicles 24. It says, after the death of Jehoiada, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king, and he listened to them. Many of these people were part of previous reigns. They remembered the worship to the Baals. They remembered the worship at the Asherah poles. They abandoned the temple of the Lord, verse 18, the God of their fathers, and they worshiped Asherah poles and idols. Because of their guilt, God's anger came upon Judah and Jerusalem. And although the Lord sent prophets to the people to bring them back to him, and though they testified against them, listen to this, they would not listen. Their, their ears were closed, but even more than that, their heart was closed. And I don't get that, can I tell you? I don't understand that. I want to go back in time, get one of those back to the future time machines, and grab King Joash and say, how could you get to the point that you're at now, and you lose your mentor? And it all blows up. I don't get that. But it happened. Jehoiada the priest had a son by the name of Zechariah. He came to Joash and he said, I can't believe what you are doing. Maybe he said something like, my, my father would be turning over in his grave. Stop. Repent. Turn back to the Lord. Anybody know what King Joash did to Zechariah, the high priest? He killed him right then and there. And so we have this footnote of the reign of King Joash. Jump all the way down to the end of the chapter, verse 24 of chapter 24. Because Judah had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers, judgment was executed on Joash. When the Armenians withdrew, they left Joash severely wounded. His officials conspired against him for murdering the son of Jehoiada the priest, and they killed him in his bed. And so he died and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Not in the tombs of the kings. And so the life lesson for you is simple. Be careful who you allow to influence your life. Your legacy, my legacy, it's at stake. It matters who we listen to. It matters the advice that we receive. When Joash had Jehoiada the priest on fire for the Lord, absolutely making a difference. When his mentor passes away, he listens to unwise counsel, and it all blows up. 
And what an awful tag phrase. Even some of the kings that did evil in the eyes of the Lord, the kings or the chronicles will tell us they were buried in the tombs of the kings. Joash so disgusted the Lord that he wasn't even allowed to be buried with the other kings. And so I want to conclude this morning real quickly by asking you a question. How do we put ourselves in a position to finish well? What can we do in 2014 to make sure that the story of Joash isn't the story of your life? That at your funeral, people don't sit back and say, she was really on fire for Jesus for a while. But she just didn't finish well. And I have three humble recommendations this morning. And number one is this. Today, develop habits that will help you be in position to finish well. Today. Not tomorrow. Not when your kids are raised. Not when you retire today, put habits in place that will help you finish well. What are some of the habits I think about? Allow God's word to be truth for your life. I think the story, the church-wide campaign, is unfolding at a perfect time for some of us. New school year is getting ready to start. We can turn over a new leaf, and we can journey through God's word together and allow it to be truth for our life. Secondly, practice the spiritual disciplines. Some people say, I don't really know how to pray. Two weeks from today, the entire message is going to be about not just the power of prayer, but how can we be like King Hezekiah and be prayer warriors. And number three, some of us, I don't know any other way to say this, we just need to grow up. We need to let go of negative patterns of behavior. We just need to say, we're not kids anymore. We're not adolescents anymore. It's time to grow up. And let go of that, that negative pattern that keeps bringing us down spiritually. Number two, learn from the success and the failure of others. One of the things that has helped me that also breaks my heart at the same time is some of the people that I, I went to Bible college with or I went to seminary with and have ministered alongside in, in other churches, Central Illinois, other places, I've kind of seen them go through the, the spiritual crash and burn for whatever reason. It's heartbreaking. But it's helped me. It's reminded me to never say never. It's reminded me I'm, I'm only as strong as today. And so learn from the success of others, but also from the failure of others. And then finally, number three, allow someone or several people to speak truth to you unconditionally. Do you have someone in your life that will tell you what you need to hear, whether you like it or not? Are you willing to hear what you need to hear? Have you given people permission to speak truth to you in love, even if it's not what you want to hear? See, the bottom line is this, finish well. It makes all the difference in the world. And this postscript, I want to just throw this in here. The great thing about being a follower of Jesus is that Jesus Christ brings hope for all, even if you are not currently in the process of finishing well. If you're here today, and I kind of struck a chord with you because I talked about people that were on fire in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and, and that was you, and it's not you today, it's not too late. We serve a God of second chances. Praise the Lord. And so if you're not living strong for the Lord today, start today. Start this week. Finish 
well. And it makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for the opportunity to gather together and to study your word. I thank you for the account of King Joash. And it's my prayer that like him, we will start well, but unlike him, we will finish well. And that through it all, you will be honored and glorified in all that we do. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It is in-